Well, hello, oddballs. It's your host, Bobby. And your co-host, Lexi. And this is Oddities on Elm Street. Welcome back for episode 34. <laughs> <laughs> is that my dog? <laughs> yeah, she's quite dramatic. Quattro. <laughs> um, I did not tell you this, but we have reached 50,000 streams. What the fuck? So, thank you to all you guys. Um, what did we do last week? The Reddit? Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. last week we talked about, well, we did a segment on some, like, true scary stories from Reddit. If you haven't listened to that... Please go check it out because there's a petition linked mm-hmm. and I would like everyone mm-hmm. to go sign. Also, before we get into our topic today, uh, just your reminders. Send in your listener tales. For the love of God. Listenertales at gmail.com. We're so close to having enough to be able to do a full episode. But I was thinking, though, we could just do a bonus episode as well because we're just reading them. Yeah. If we get time, you know. But we'll see. I think that's good. And, you know, we can talk a lot, so we can probably make it. We sure can. Yeah. Also, be sure to check out our Patreon. Um, Oh, wait. Where do you send listener tales to? Listenertales at gmail.com. And I think I said that. I don't know. Just if I forgot, people. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. right. (laughs) Um, And then we have Patreon.com/slash Oddities on Elm Street. Love it. Uh, I do have some exciting news that I'm going to be sharing not tonight, but upcoming. Um, So make sure to stay tuned for that. I don't even fucking. I've had a project in the works. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's do our. Morbid tidbit. Mm-hmm. Do you know what a deep fake is? Mm-mm. So it's like a picture of someone that's altered digitally mm-hmm. so that it looks like someone else. All right. So I see this a lot with like celebrities. You can take a celebrity's face and paste it onto somebody else's body, which is a really scary concept if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it can, it's, it, they're very, very believable. So, I came across these people making AI-generated deepfakes of child murder victims and then sharing them around TikTok explaining how they were killed, okay? So, obviously, this is fucked up, and... Like, and they're approaching it as, like, hey, y'all, this is real, or was it... Well, they're, they're using these... Uh, like, generated Right, children. but were they, like, trying to pull it off as... No, just okay. to tell the story about what happened. And I'll share an example. Mm. Um, but the families of these victims are coming across these videos of their dead children, right? Um, so they're seeing videos that look like their child with the gruesome details of what happened to them, and they're being re-victimized all over again. So one of these videos... Shows a little girl, and this is what it says. My grandmother put my little body in the oven. Okay. Mm. This one specifically is about 
a little girl named Royalty Marie Floyd, who was stabbed and cooked in an oven by her grandmother when she was 20 months old. So then imagine you're that's this fucking, child's that's mother. Real? That happened? Yes, that actually happened. But they're taking the image of this child, having the, ch- the child is saying this. Like they're telling their story. They're telling like their story. Yes, yes. So imagine you're this child's mother and you come across that video. How fucked up is that? It's so messed up. Like whoever thought that that was a good idea, I. They we need a conversation, <laughs> cause um. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's not do that. It's not okay. It really isn't. So for today's episode, we're gonna talk about the Skinwalker Ranch. Wow. This is Classic. a great topic if you're like me and you think that there are just some things that are that you can't explain, you know? Like things in life that are too far beyond our understanding. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things mm-hmm. for sure. Because the Skinwalker Ranch is known to be a huge hotspot for paranormal activity. The reason why it's called the Skinwalker Ranch specifically is because the indigenous people in the surrounding areas believe that the ranch was built where skinwalkers are known to roam. That doesn't sound like a very great place to settle. You know, let's just build a ranch right here and it's where like, the skinwalkers roam. I just want to also say I feel like some people take it She's so seriously down. that they won't even say yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, I've heard that with, like, the Navajo tribe. They don't even say the word because they, they think it, like, invokes their They're presence. Just, right. It's like, it's like, it's the same. Yeah, it's the same with the rake. I don't know if you've ever heard of a rake. It's similar to a skinwalker. I don't know what the difference is, but hmm. um, they don't like to say that word either. Interesting. Yeah. Oh my god, I think I heard this. They called it, what did they fucking call it? A flesh oh, oh. pedestrian? Yes. <laughs> I heard that too. I can't remember. I it was know. a podcast I that I was so. listening to. Flesh pedestrian. I was like, that is... That's good. We should still it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. Um, okay, so what exactly is a skinwalker? I think that's where we should start. Yeah. Because not everybody knows. So a skinwalker is basically a shapeshifter. The idea of a skinwalker comes from the legends of the Navajo. And in their culture, a skinwalker is like a type of evil witch that has the ability to either turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal or other human. Mm -hmm. And... The animal side of it, I mean, they're typically, like, four-legged mammals, like coyotes or... Wolves. Yeah. Or uh, they're animals that are associated with bad omens, mm, like owls, owls or crows. Right. Um, but it's... I guess, like, they can possess humans just by, like, looking them in the eye. Mm-hmm. So if you think you've seen a skinwalker just... Don't look them in the eye. It's like bird box. Don't look at it. 
I've, I've heard so many scary stories about these things, about, like, how they'll disguise themselves as, like, a baby crying or a woman, like, screaming for help in the middle of the forest. That is so scary. To get people out there to, like, lure them in and steal their souls. <laughs> yeah. So, Skinwalker Ranch, like I said, it's known to the Native Americans as where the Skinwalkers roamed, and... What's interesting to me about Skinwalker Ranch is that it's actually been studied by science. Yeah, because you can't deny that weird shit happens there. Yeah, there's obviously there's been enough that's happened there that they've said, okay, we need to go and check this out. Right. So that's very interesting. And the stories that they do have span back hundreds, if not thousands of years. And we'll get into all that, but... Um, so the Skinwalker Ranch is a 512 acre plot of land located southeast of Ballard, Utah, in Utah. You. Utah. Utah. It's U. Utah, isn't it? Utah. No, the county that it's in. <laughs> you thought I was trying to say Utah. I'm not that fucking stupid. <laughs> No, I think it's Utah County is the name. Utah. I think Utah it's Utah. Stupid. I know. I came up with this. <laughs> so, the area where this is located actually has reports publicized dating back to the early 1900s. In 1911, strange noises were reported in a news article. Up until the 1970s. There were tons of UFO sightings being documented in the basin. But things really get interesting when the Sherman family takes over on the ranch. Before they moved in, the ranch sat vacant for seven years after the Myers family had moved out. And the Sherman family was made up of the parents, Terry and Gwen, and then they had two children, a boy and a girl. I believe they bought the property in 92 but didn't move in until 94. Mm. Um, So Terry was a professional rancher. He was like, he was good at his job. He knew how to ranch. Yeah. He, well, he had like a degree in um, animal husbandry, which I didn't know was a thing, but I guess it is because he would breed his animals. And it's called, it's called husbandry. And he had a degree in it. That's how serious he was about this. Maybe I should get a degree. So when they found the ranch and decided to make it their homestead, they were surprised to find that all of the windows and doors had been dead bolted. Nice. Not just the exterior doors, like they're trying to prevent someone from breaking in, but they had dead bolts on the interior rooms too. Like, leading to bedrooms and stuff. (laughs) And even cupboards, which is strange. Yeah. Another interesting thing is that on the deed, or, like, the contract, whatever, it stated that they weren't allowed to dig on the property. Which is, like... (laughs) That's not a normal thing. (laughs) So, when the Shermans decided to purchase the ranch, it would take months to restore the home to the point where it was actually livable. And while these renovations were taking place, Terry would find huge perfect circles indented into the field 
mm-hmm. by their house. And at first he didn't think much of it, but like hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So they finally get all of the renovations complete. They're ready to move into the ranch. They bring their livestock and their dogs with them. And this is when the events that were happening on the ranch had started to kind of come back into the public eye because the Sherman family was the first to move in that had openly talked about the strange occurrences that happened on Skinwalker Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think most of that was just out of desperation to, like, get rid of the house. They had only lived there for 18 months, and they're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but before, <laughs> yeah, before Terry left the property, these are just some of the things that he reported. One of the things that they experienced the most was cattle mutilation. I cannot with that. That sounds... Did you... Did you... Yes. Did you hear the details? I I did. It's... And it's... Like, what the fuck is happening? It's... it's it doesn't make any sense, and it's so horrific. Yeah. And, and what can do that? And, like, why? Yeah. And we're... Okay, we're talking about a, a very big, vast piece of land. I think at first he thought maybe somebody was messing with him. Maybe these teenagers are, like, coming on the property and doing whatever. But Mm -hmm. the fact that it just kept happening over and over again and, like, you can't... How do you explain that, you know? You you can't. And what's, what's terrifying about the cattle mutilations is that they were happening in broad daylight. Because it's like one minute the family would see the cow, the next minute it's laying dead in the field. And they had no idea, like... Right, it's not like they heard or saw anything. Yeah, and they were also described as being surgically precise. Which is weird. So it's not just somebody going out there and hacking at a cow with a machete or whatever the fuck you would use. What no, an- but it's 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 like how do you how do you do huh? that and then and there's not like a lot of blood around either like it's right. it, it's just huh so strange. So one report said that a cow's spinal column had been severed. Another said that the head was cleanly removed and the cows had their blood drained and there was no blood anywhere at the scene. There were also other bizarre details to these. One of them had a hole cut in the center of its eyeball, but was otherwise completely untouched. Another that had literally just been seen five minutes prior was found dead at the edge of the field. It had the same incision as the the first cow that I just talked about, Mm -hmm. but it also had a six-inch hole carved out of its rectum that was 18 inches deep. But again, there's no blood, no blood around its body, and around the cow, they they notice broken branches and, like, trees that looked like they had been sliced clean, like the tops were sliced clean off. So upon finding these mutilated cows, the Shermans would often report a strange chemical smell that was lingering around them. And these were not just a rare occurrence. They actually had about 25% of their herd that was lost 
due to whatever was being done to them. Some cows disappeared entirely with, like, hoof prints that would just suddenly stop right in its path, almost like it was just lifted up into the sky. And with the tops of those trees being Mm -hmm. sliced clean, Terry was very quick to come to a conclusion. He started to notice a pattern when he started seeing these floating lights in the sky and then the mutilated cows are left, you know, Mm -hmm. he kind of figured that the two were associated. So one night, Terry had gone to check on one of his cows that was in the process of birthing a calf and he saw a floating orb of light. As he got closer, he saw a huge object flying about 50 feet off the ground. Terry's wife, Gwen, had her own sightings as well. Gwen talked about how she saw a light so bright in the sky that the entire field below was lit up like the middle of the day, even though it was pitch black outside. Oh my god. And they actually shared those sightings with a Salt Lake City newspaper in 1996, but that would not be the last time that they would see these mysterious flying objects. And obviously they weren't the only ones witnessing it. Because as I said earlier, there were reports um, going back decades Mm -hmm. of UFO sightings in this area. And even some of Terry's neighbors would corroborate his sightings, saying that they also saw these strange floating lights. On another night, Terry was out in the field with his dogs, and he started to hear male voices speaking in an unfamiliar language. And it was obvious that he wasn't the only one who heard it because his dogs started to go crazy and they were barking as if they were threatened. But Terry said that these voices seemed to be speaking 25 feet in the air above him. One day, the Sherman family was outside by the cattle corral, which is like an enclosed area where they keep the cows and they start to hear something approaching them when they looked up they were startled to see a wolf on the property a wolf that appeared three times larger than any other wolf that they had ever seen Mm. but this wolf seemed tame like it came right up to them so close that they were able to reach out and touch it um most of the calves were scared and they were cowering together in a corner, but one had its snout outside of the fence. The wolf slowly went over and grabbed the calf's head and began trying to pull it through the bars. Jesus. Almost like it was trying to rip its head clean off. So the, fam- the family immediately jumped into action. Terry ran over, he started kicking the wolf, trying to get it to let go, while his son is beating it over the back with a baseball bat. But the wolf wasn't giving up, so Terry told his son to grab his handgun out of the truck. He pointed it and shot, but the wolf just looked at him. Terry shot two more times, but again got no reaction. He then told his son to get him his rifle. This time when he shot the wolf, he could visibly see a chunk of flesh flying off from its body. So the wolf had finally given up, but just kind of like slowly trotted off the property like he wasn't at all harmed. Now, 
In Terry's mind, he's thinking he needs to go after this wolf and finish the job uh-huh. because he doesn't want it to come back right. and take out more of his livestock. So he goes after it. But mind you, for whatever reason, the wolf, even being shot multiple times, is not bleeding. So there's no blood trail to follow. So instead, Terry's following its tracks. But then they suddenly end as if this wolf had just vanished into thin air. What's even more strange about this entire story is that wolves aren't even native to this area. Like, at this time, there hadn't been a wolf sighting in Utah since 1929. And it's the 1990s. Yes. Dang. But a little while later, this wolf makes a reappearance. This time to Gwen. She's driving her car when she spots it. She said that this wolf was so big that it had to bend down to breathe on her driver's side window. Which I forgot to mention, when they found that chunk of flesh that they had shot off the mm-hmm. wolf, they said that it smelled like a like it was decomposing. Very strange. So this time when the wolf appears to Gwen, it's not alone. In the distance, she described seeing an unusually large black dog with a head way too big for its body. Now it's the spring of 1996, and the Sherman family has decided to leave. This is the event that led up to that decision. Terry was out one night walking on the property with his three dogs when he spotted a blue orb darting across the sky. This wasn't anything new to him, um... And just to see what would happen, he told his dogs to go get it. So his dogs ran off into the brush, and before long, Terry heard yelping. He called the dogs, but they never came back. So the following day, Terry went back out to look for them. Upon searching in the brush, he didn't find his dogs. Instead, all that was left behind were three slimy piles of ash on the scorched ground. I don't like that. So because the Sherman family was so open about coming forward and talking about these events, Mm -hmm. it caught the attention of a billionaire named Robert Bigelow. I don't know why I said it like that. Bigelow. Bigelow. I like that. Bigelow. Bigelow. Um, In 96, he purchased the ranch from the Sherman family for $200,000. They should have asked for way more. <laughs> for real, they fucked up. <laughs> um, so Robert Bigelow was interested in having this property for uh, purposes of scientific research. Mm-hmm. So he brought his team in, the National Institute for Discovery Science, otherwise known as NIDS. Mm-hmm. <laughs> NIDS. <laughs> and NIDS was actually responsible for conducting the largest investigation at the time on UFOs. Along with that team, they brought in a man named Colm Keller and another man named George Knapp, who would go on to publish a book about the ranch. George Knapp was a journalist, and Colm Keller led the NIDS team while they stayed at the ranch for 100 nights to document whatever they could. Mm -hmm. 
So the book that they wrote is called Hunt for the Skinwalker, if anyone wants to go check it out. It's, it's just really interesting to me because they went into this with a scientific purpose. You know, how are all these things explainable through science? Mm-hmm. And what they claimed to have found are things like teleportation, telepathy, and even like portals to a different dimension. Like wormholes. Yes. And they described their experience with crop circles, unidentifiable objects flying in the air, Paranormal activity, wolf-like animals with glowing red eyes, and the mutilation and disappearance of more cattle. They'd actually brought in their own cattle specifically just to experiment to see, to back up Terry's claims. So Robert Bigelow's goal was to scientifically be able to back those claims, such as the ones that the Sherman family had made. NIDS eventually transformed into Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, and that was actually funded by the U.S. Department of Defense. That's cool. I think that's so interesting. That is, I don't yeah. know. It reminds me of Elon Musk with SpaceX. But cooler. But cooler, yeah. So because of that, the whole thing was kept very confidential, and it was also staffed with some of the best of the best in this area of paranormal uh, or unexplainable events. And what's more interesting is that many of those who were staffed refused to ever step foot on Skinwalker Ranch ever again. I just want to know. I just want to know more. It's like Area 51. The mystery behind it, like... But I feel like it's... It's more intriguing to me, even because people... Because of are what, not afraid to talk about it. Yeah, because of what Terry has said happened with him and his family, and that's being backed up by a group of scientists. Mm-hmm. It's just so crazy. So one of the people that uh, refused to go back to Skinwalker Ranch was named Thomas Winterton. He was tasked with creating new dirt roads to try and make the property more accessible. Mm, mm-hmm. But remember, there's this clause that you should never dig on the property. Now, obviously, his job would kind of force him to do Wait, that. So it was from the Myers to from the, the Myers to the Shermans. Thing, you can't but there's dig. no explanation of why. Why it's a bad idea to <laughs> dig on the property. But then that was like like, grandfathered into the rules when the Shermans sold it? I don't know. I don't know if that's something that they had told Robert Bigelow when he purchased it. So, to me, I don't know if this person that is tasked of doing the roads even knows that it's a bad idea to do this, right? But he said that from the moment he stepped onto the property, he felt a wave of dread come over him, and a few days into his work, digging on the property, he noticed a mysterious bump forming on his head. Obviously, there's no way to prove that this is directly related to the ranch, but one of the more credible theories actually mentions radiation Mm -hmm. as a culprit of this. Because the land has random spikes of radiation and is known for having strong electromagnetic fields. Mm -hmm. So 
they think that that might have a direct connection with the ground, which is why it's not very smart to dig there. Makes sense. Yeah. But in 2016, Robert Bigelow sold the ranch to a company called Adamantium Real Estate LLC. It's still in their possession. Um, It's not entirely known what they plan on doing with the property, but Robert Bigelow only agreed to sell it with the promise that the new owner would continue to look into the strange phenomena happening there. Interesting. But shortly after it changed ownership, metal gates and barbed wire fences went up, surveillance cameras were installed, and no trespassing signs warned people to stay off the property, and not much has been revealed since. The owner did come out to say that they've collected tons of data, footage, and just an incredible amount of mysterious things. The plan is to eventually submit these findings in order to be verified and somehow proven by science. But until then, obviously, there's still a lot left unexplained. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's what we know about Skinwalker Ranch. Hopefully one day science will give us the answer to everything. Yeah, that's just... It's just weird, and I feel like it reminds me of in the Veronica movie when it's yeah. like one of the first times where police are like, "Hey, I've reported paranormal." Right, right. It's like yeah. officials being like, "Yeah, this is." That's this why is I think this is really cool. Yeah, it's because it's not just stories that people are right telling and and based in the Navajo. Yeah culture like like, these stories that have been passed down for generations and generations like to find that that actually has some standing even today in 2023 is it's wild to think about and to think about the stuff that we don't even we can't we can't yeah exactly like it just blows my mind so yeah that's all we have for today I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. It was my topic. No way. <laughs> if it wouldn't if it wasn't <laughs> obvious already. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, so I hope everyone has a great week. And remember to always, always keep, keep it spooky. It spooky.